is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington, where I am doing the show in a shirt and tie for the first time. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, for at least the near future, and definitely not in a shirt and tie, Andrew Hoffman. I am in a shirt, but no tie. No tie. You wearing pants? Do you have pants on? I do have pants on as well. I actually still have work pants on, but a but now a t-shirt. Now a t-shirt. There you go. I just I didn't even get down to the t-shirt. I was just like, pff, eat some food, fire up the old podcast device, and get her going. Yep. So, uh, I guess you. I, we first got on the phone. You know, I said, hey, you know, great game last night, national championship, awesome to watch. And you said you were kind of more relieved that your name wasn't on the uh, Panama Papers. Oh list. man, I've been sweating these Panama Papers. Have you? Oof. Yeah. And I mean, between the uh, the offshore island that I own, right, sure, and then you know renting it out to you know famous politicians and stuff, and trying to hide the funds from that, it's it's stressful. But uh, so far, still anonymous. Wow. So, um, if people that don't know what the Panama Papers are, they are, I guess, one tax or law firm has been exposed all their records have been leaked out onto the internet um and it shows basically how the panama free trade agreement is a good way for the elite and uh uber rich to hide their accounts offshore so that they don't have to pay taxes on them or whatnot um however the leak was uh, not to everyone, just to a specific coalition of journalists. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, I hadn't even got that far yet. Yeah. Um, And one of the first people thrown under the bus? Prime Minister of Iceland? Him too. And uh, Vladimir Putin. Putin, sure. Yeah, Putin. And uh, even David Cameron. Yeah, David Cameron, like his dad or something, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's his family. Um, But, I mean, so let's kind of go through this. I found a couple great articles. So this one actually comes from The Guardian. It's called How to Explain Offshore Banking and When It is Naughty to a Five-Year-Old. So uh, this is actually kind of a cool article, mainly because uh, it was actually not written as an article. It was written as a post on Reddit when the Pentagon or Pentagon. I keep saying Pentagon Papers because it reminds me of Pentagon Papers. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to. Right. The Panama Papers were released. Um, so this Reddit user kind of wanted to explain to others what it was about and uh, what offshore banking is. I thought it was really great uh simple explanation the guardian i guess contacted him and uh asked if they could use his his stuff and they basically just lifted it put it right in their own article put some illustrations in there and posted a story you know and he, he said he didn't mind and uh, it's kind of funny he's part of the uh nfl subreddit as well so he has like he's got like i was looking at his post history he's got like old posts about chip kelly and how you know chip just stole uh Kiko Alexander or Kiko, what's his name from Alonzo, Alonzo from <laughs> from the the Bills and whatnot. So anyway, um, it's but it's another reason why I like Reddit. You know, you just never know what you're going to find on there. There's a lot of intelligent people, and, and sometimes having decent conversation that makes uh, some uh, understanding a complex thing like this a lot easier. Okay. So how to explain offshore banking and when it's naughty to a five-year-old. 
With the release of the Panama Papers, revelations about the murky world of offshore banking are coming thick and fast. But how do you explain it all simply, and how do you explain that there are sometimes good reasons for the use of offshore banking? Reddit user Den Glezak uh, came up with a great way of conveying the complexity in a lovely tale aimed at those who are five years old and perhaps those who are a bit older, too. When you get money in your pocket, you put it in the piggy bank. The piggy bank is on a shelf in your wardrobe, and your mom knows about this, and she checks it every once in a while so that she knows you uh, when you put money in it or when you spend it. Now, one day you might decide, I don't want mom to look at my money, so you go over to Johnny's house with an extra piggy bank that you're going to keep in his room. You write your name on it and put it in his wardrobe. Johnny's mom is always very busy, so she never really checks on the piggy bank, so you can keep yours there where it will stay a secret. All the kids in the area think this is a good idea, and everyone goes to Johnny's house with extra piggy banks, and now Johnny's wardrobe is full of piggy banks from kids in the neighborhood. One day, though, Johnny's mom does look in the wardrobe and sees all the piggy banks. She gets very angry and calls everyone's parents to let them know. Now, not everyone did this for a bad reason. Eric's older brother always steals from his piggy bank, so he just wanted a better hiding spot. Tammy wanted to save up to buy her mom a birthday present without her knowing. Azim just did it because he thought it was fun. But many kids did do it for a bad reason. Elizabeth was stealing people's lunch money and didn't want her parents to figure it out. Reese was stealing money from his mom's purse. And Bobby's parents have put him on a diet and he wanted them to, uh, he didn't want them to figure out he was buying sweets. Now in real life, many very important people were just caught hiding their piggy banks at Johnny's house in Panama. Today, their moms all found out pretty soon. We'll know all, all about, uh, we'll know more about which of these important people were doing for bad reasons and which were doing it for good reason, but almost everyone is in trouble regardless. It's a great analogy. And what is particularly useful about the point at the end that not everybody did it for a bad reason, uh, for hiding their money this way. As part of their coverage of the Panama Papers, Fusion have produced a handy list of reasons you might use a shell corporation offshore. Okay. To keep trade secrets, preventing... So, I, and then let's go... There's actually an image. Why use a shell corporation? So if you want to pick, click on that, there's another thing in the secret folder, and it goes from okay to worse. So uh, this is just some info I found out there, and we could discuss the legitimacy and what your thoughts are on it, you know, right after. Uh, Legit reasons to keep your money in an offshore account. To protect trade secrets. Your high-profile CyberCorp wants to invest in in a new technology. Competitors might beat you to it unless a shell conceals the investment. To keep your brand strong. Your toy company wants to buy a supplier that also makes... uh, Sex aids buying through a shell keeps concerned moms in the dark. What does that mean? Um, so you want to hide what companies your company owns. Okay. To resist price gouging. Making a blockbuster movie sequel, book locations through a shell company. 50 uh, hotels, or excuse me, so hotels don't charge you an inflated Hollywood studio rate. To avoid kidnapping, your your you provide your provider your provide services to the U.S. government in a foreign hotspot. A shell company can keep your officer's identity secret and off of lists. Hmm, we're definitely we're definitely on our way into the gray area here. To hide a- assets from your future ex, divorce getting messy. He can't sue you for the island house if he doesn't know about it. Well, okay, <laughs> go. To go bankrupt and stay rich. Bankruptcy courts are like ex-spouses. They can't take what they don't know exists. To evade taxes. It's cheaper to pay Bermuda fees for an anonymous account than to declare your revenues and give the IRS a big cut. Ask a Fortune 500 company. To bribe officials. Can't do business in Russia without lining some pockets? Use an anonymous slush fund. Don't get caught like Hewlett Packard did. Hmm. To manipulate markets, own a bunch of cheap stocks, start a boiler room scam to bid up the price, use a shell to dump your shares at a huge profit, stiffing the buyers. Wow. To cover fraud, if you run an oil-rich country and make millions of selling crude off the books, buy your bling through a shell company to avoid angering the populace. To do drug deals or arms, how else are those paramilitary rebels supposed to pay for their stolen RPGs and (laughs) AK-47s? 
and to finance terror, to use a layer of shell companies to stay ahead of authorities and bankroll your Syrian, Iraqi caliphate or attacks on civilians. So there we go. Those are kind of two very simple, straightforward ways to, you know, to explain what's going on. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Well, so I think we this story is everywhere, right? It's yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Which is suspicious in and of itself. Sure. So who I guess um who does it make look bad? You got some famous people, mainly you know, politicians mainly in Europe. So we've got the the Icelandic uh prime yeah, minister resigning. Yeah, a couple other stories in here we got prime minister resigns from the Reykjavik grapevine and I I I don't know something about something about uh so Iceland I love that they put bankers in jail they didn't they didn't bail out their you know the the prime minister has to resign for a shell corporation I think that's awesome I don't know I just Okay but the secret crush on Iceland for this All right but Iceland um it's not a uh, not a favorite of the banks at this point, right? Absolutely not. Nope, 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 okay. nope. Which because they didn't bail banks, out. Banks equal Western intelligence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so this guy, I mean, yeah, it makes Putin look bad. He's not resigning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also makes Bernie look David good. David Cameron... Makes Bernie look good because he... Bernie predicted it. He called it. Give me a second here. 2011. Lastly, let me just say a brief word about uh, Panama and the Panama Free Trade Agreement. Panama's entire annual economic output is only $26.7 billion a year, or about two-tenths of 1% of the U.S. economy. No one can legitimately make the claim that approving this free trade agreement will significantly increase American jobs. Then why would we be considering a standalone free trade agreement with Panama? Tiny little country. Well, it turns out that Panama is a world leader when it comes to allowing wealthy Americans and large corporations to evade U.S. taxes by stashing their cash in offshore tax haven. And the Panama free trade agreement will make this bad situation much worse. Each and every year, the wealthiest people in our country and the largest corporations evade about $100 billion in U.S. taxes through abusive and illegal offshore tax havens in Panama and in other countries. According to Citizens for Tax Justice, and I quote, a tax haven has one of three characteristics. It has no income tax or a very low low rate income tax. It has bank secrecy laws. And that has a history of non-cooperation with other countries on exchanging information about tax matters. Panama has all three of those. They are probably the worst. Citizens for tax justice. Citizens for tax justice. Hey, how about zero? <laughs> like Ron Paul said, yeah, I want a flat tax. I want to make it real flat, like zero. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, Bernie, I, maybe I live in a in the in a bubble. And by the way, thank you, thank you, world, for 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 Washington State for for proving me right. I kept screaming, or not screaming, but I kept saying to you over and over, I don't see any Hillary support. It's all feeling the burn up here, I, week after week after week after week. He swept Washington. Yeah, I mean, like big time. This is so. I mean, I'm not saying it's good or bad or one way or the other, but I, it does kind of validate me because I continue to say, "Hey, <laughs> there's nothing but burn support around here." Yeah, and that continues. he can be president of Washington if he wants. To. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, he's better than. I mean, I think here I'll put it this way: I don't like him. I hate him least. The uh, um, oh, who's. Who's the governor? Jay Inslee? Is he still the governor? Uh, Washington? I can't remember. I think so. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, and Oregon's followed right along with Washington with the, like, 
hey, we already have super high unemployment. Let's raise the minimum wage. Oregon, Oregon is... And California did it, right? Oregon is to Washington as Canada is to the United States. Oh, that's so insulting, Tim. Was, <laughs> it's okay. Was it you, the Washington you make, Trail? You make, I don't think so. You make, <laughs> you make insulting comments about us being obsessed about the weather and, and other and other sorted <laughs> things, so I'm fine with that. Hey, at least our NBA team is better. Oh, wait. Shoot. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Your um, Major League Baseball team is slightly better. <laughs> And I mean slightly, <laughs> like barely. Yeah, Governor Jay Inslee, Washington State. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yes, it's socialist paradises out here, Portland and Seattle. And then um, in both Oregon and Washington, once you get further east, you get, um, you know, it's, it's a, a much more conservative climate. Um, I think eventually it'll just like split off and join with Idaho. It's weird. It's just, it's weird. Like it, it's a socialist paradise out here. Yet the, one of the main reasons that the economy continues or the Seattle continues to grow is because of the capitalistic, you know, society yeah. that, you know, with software uh, development and, and all of the technology companies that are, you know, b- building on, upon each other. Uh, and moving out here. But then, like, when they get here, we want to tax the crap out of all of their employees to make this socialist utopia. Yes, out of their employees, the big companies get the tax breaks. That's right. But the employees who, you know, get promises of, you know, six-figure incomes in in this area, you're going to need it, um, Mm -hmm. are going to be the ones who are getting taxed 30 to 40% so that we can continue to... You know, charge like twelve dollars to drive on the freeway. So, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, there is all of that. Uh, let me finish up the last few things we have here. Uh, David Cameron on this Panama Papers thing, and then we can move on. David Cameron avoids questions on benefiting from uh, father's tax affairs. So yeah, his dad had a company, of course, that had some tax dodging. Raise your hand if you're surprised. Offshore <laughs> account from David Cameron. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. And then I thought this was good. This is from uh, blogs.state.gov. And here is a uh, congressional approval of the U.S.-Korea, U.S.-Columbian, and U.S.-Panama trade agreement where Secretary Clinton released a statement from 2011. Saying it's wonderful. The free trade agreements passed by Congress tonight will make it easier for American companies to sell their products to South Korea, Colombia, and Panama. Oh, because there's... So much buying going on. Yeah. The president has gotten trade policy right. These agreements made better the president's insistence and will strengthen and expand its ties with strategic partners in Asia, Latin America, even as they support tens of thousands of jobs here at home. From shop floors to farms and service. It all sounds so great, doesn't it? Taken together, these initiatives are the leading edge of a job-creating trade agenda that will open markets, leveling the playing field for our businesses and our workers, and champion America's working families in an age of tough global competition. These deserve the historic widespread support they received in Congress tonight. We will continue to work to rebuild an America consensus on trade. American consensus on trade. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I, there it is. Money laundering couched in politically correct baloney jargon hillary clinton bores me even when it's not actually her voice <laughs> it's so vanilla it's so vanilla there's like no personality in it whatsoever no. she'd get flunked from like a high school writing class like you have no voice <laughs> WikiLeaks. oh so you got something from zero heads let's hear it so we can wrap okay. up all the, yeah. all the panama papers okay Earlier today, for the first time, we got a glimpse into some of the American names allegedly contained in the Panama Papers. Largest ever leak. And, by the way, the just, like, pretty generic. No one that you would really know. Um, some, not all, and allegedly, because as we said yesterday, one can't help but wonder, why not do a WikiLeaks-type data dump, one which reveals, if not all, the 2.6 terabytes of data Due to security concerns, then at least the identities of these 441 U.S.-based clients. After all, with the rest of the world, um, 
already being extensively shamed, it's only fair to open the U.S. books as well. The exact same question appeared in an interview conducted between Wired Magazine and the director of the organization that released the Panama Papers, the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, or ICIJ. Uh, His name is Gerard Ryle. This is what Ryle said. Uh, Media organizations have no plans to release the full data set WikiLeaks style, which he argues would expose the sensitive information of innocent private individuals, along with the public figures on which the group's reporting is focused. We're not WikiLeaks. We're trying to show that journalism can be done responsibly, Ryle says. He says he advised the reporters from the participating media outlets to go crazy, but tell us what's in the public interest for your country. Question aside about who it is that gets to decide which innocent private individuals are to be left alone, WikiLeaks clearly did not like being characterized as conducting irresponsible journalism, which would be the implication there. Um, And to the contrary, many in the public arena have called for another massive distributed effort to get to the bottom of a 2.4 terabyte treasure trove of data, which a handful of journalists will simply be able to dig through and moments ago on Twitter accused the ICIJ of being a, quote, Washington, D.C.-based Ford Soros-funded soft power tax dodge, which has a WikiLeaks problem. <laughs> wow. So that was, their, that was WikiLeaks' first tweet. And then they followed it up with the uh, um, Putin attack was produced by OCCRP, which targets Russians, former USSR, and was funded by USAID and Soros. And it shows the logos. Um, OCCRP is made possible by the Open Society Institute. Uh, And then Putin attack, uh, let's see. And then the next one. So, yeah, WikiLeaks wasn't super happy about it. WikiLeaks Kristen... Uh, Raffnison calls for a data leak to be released in full and they keep adding new tweets up there I think they're they're tweeting as we speak here Um, and then it says should we release all 11 million uh, Panama papers so everyone can search through them like our other publications and uh, the poll questions the answers are yes make them searchable or no, let media cherry pick. And uh, let's see. And then back to the Zero Hedge article. And so a new contest is born, one between the old source of mega leaks and the new one. We wonder if and when Edward Snowden and or Glenn Greenwald will also chime in. But we are far, uh, far more interested if now that there appears to be a war brewing between WikiLeaks and, the, and ICIJ. Um who and what information will be released and whether whatever comes out will put the entire Panama Papers project in a different perspective, one which, as even Bloomberg has hinted, may have been to benefit the the last remaining global tax haven around the United States itself, as well as the most notorious provider of tax haven services in that said country, Rothschild. So, interesting take on it. The takeaway that is we're supposed to get from this um, is, Oh, you know, we need better regulations. We, the IRS and, and similar organizations need more power. You know, we can't get away with letting these rich people not pay their taxes. So, so that's interesting. I clicked on a link that, that linked at the end of that article you had there. And it talks about, um, Talks how about how the cat is out of the bag. In an interview, Mozak Fonseca, which is the name of the founders, admitted it's over, but all to the Rothschild's delight. Um, and then it mentions in this article, which I thought was interesting, that money is now rushing into known tax havens in the U.S. <laughs> One place is delighted to take. Its place, the U.S., specifically states like Nevada and Wyoming, which, as we have shown before, are the new global tax havens. The world's favorite new tax haven is the United States. The big Reno is the biggest little tax haven in the world. Interesting. So I had no idea Wyoming and Nevada were becoming tax havens as well as... 
I just knew it was cheap to South. register trucks in Wyoming. That's why you South see South Dakota. That's why you see Wyoming uh, license plates on semi trucks constantly. Yeah, is that the actual trucks or the trailer? Yeah, what it, I mean, yeah, the because tr- a lot of the trailers, one of them is cheap. A yeah. lot of the trailers is it's also uh, Oklahoma. Like, take a look at like the the all your like box vans, white box vans that are like. They're always registered in Oklahoma um, or uh, tractor trailer uh, trailers. I don't know. Must be just cheaper to do it there. But that giant sucking noise you hear, it's the sound of money rushing into the U.S. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting take on it. I had three or four articles prepared. I explained what it was, everything, and then you shot it all down. I went down. No, I, I didn't shoot it all down. I just... But hey, I got I got key, I got caught up bono, in the, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I got caught up in the uh, in the uh, the group think of Reddit. This is awesome! Like, yeah, Look, Iceland's prime now. minister had to had to resign. Yeah, He's, that evil Iceland. Evil, evil Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> we showed them. I should have known. Son wait, of a, wait! Known. The one country that stood up to banks in the last. Hmm. <laughs> Good thing. Good. Got him. Got him. Yeah. We got him. Woo. Okay. Uh, as I've talked about before, all of the stories that go into the secret folder are then tweeted out at uh, Revelations Radio News Twitter feed, which is at REV Radio News, at REV Radio News. But one of your articles that you put in there earlier this week received a lot of attention on Twitter. What was that? CIA armed militias are are shooting at Pentagon <laughs> Pentagon armed ones in Syria. Oh yes, it's almost like we were right about this, Tim. Oh man, like two years ago when we talked to tooth. Well, depending on how how far you go back, yeah, yeah, a long time. We were talking about they were bringing uh, militants from Syria into Libya Libya on our yeah. first show in August of 2011. Yeah. And it looks like they're still kind of doing that. <laughs> Just kind of switched a couple of the areas, probably the same people. Yeah. Um uh, and this comes from Chicago Times, I think originally or Chicago Tribune originally Los Angeles Times. Uh Syrian militias so, of course, they're going to say, like, oh, it's just, like, look how kind of cr- a weird, crazy accident this is when, you know, our take on it is, no, this is what yes. <laughs> this the, is... the plan has been all along. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, and we're certainly not the first people to say it, but uh, yeah. the best enemies money can buy. We're the only ones to say it. This is the only podcast that will possibly talk about these things. This is it. This is the only one. No other podcast out there to talk about. This is the only podcast. Oh, okay. Should we say that? Probably not. But if we were were John C. Dvorak, that's what we would say. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) Uh, Probably not, since both of you and I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about it. But anyway... Um, Syrian militias armed by different parts of the U.S. war machine have begun to fight each other on the plains between the besieged city of Aleppo and the Turkish border, highlighting how little control <coughs> how little control U.S. intelligence officers and military planners have over the groups they have financed and trained in the bitter five-year-old civil war. The fighting has intensified. Five years this has been going on. And how is it a civil war when, when I don't know. It's our a, military it's, is doing the training? It's, it's a civil war. It's called like, a proxy war. Yeah, as I say, it's a civil war like Vietnam was a civil war. Yeah. The fighting has intensified over the past two months as CIA armed units and Pentagon armed ones have repeatedly shot at each other as they have maneuvered through contested territory on the northern outskirts of Aleppo. U.S. officials and rebel leaders have confirmed. In mid-February, a CIA armed militia called Fursan al-Haq 
or Knights of Righteousness. This sounds like a moderate group. <laughs> Knights of Righteousness. Is Eric was, Prince a member of this group? <laughs> was run out of the town of Maria, about 20 miles north of Aleppo, by Pentagon-backed Syrian Democratic Forces. See, that's a better name. Syrian. <laughs> we're the Syrian Democratic Forces. <laughs> Moving in from Kurdish, Kurdish-controlled areas to the east. Any faction that attacks us, regardless from where it gets its support, we will fight it said Major Faris Bayouche, a leader of Fursan al-Haq. Rebel fighters described similar clashes in the town of Azaz, a key transit point for fighters and supplies between Aleppo and the Turkish border, and March 3rd in the Aleppo neighborhood of uh, Sheikh Masgud. The attacks came amid continued heavy fighting in Syria and illustrated the difficulty facing U.S. efforts to coordinate among dozens of armed groups that are trying to overthrow the government of President Bashar al-Assad and fight the Islamic State militant group and battle one another all at the same time. Um, the article doesn't point out uh, whether it's the Pentagon or the CIA that's funding the Islamic State, but it, maybe that's coming in a future article. Um it is an enormous challenge, said Representative Adam Schiff of California, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, who described the clashes between U.S.-supported groups as a fairly new phenomenon, as in, like, five years ago or whatever. <laughs> you know, in geological times, this is a fairly new phenomenon. Hmm. It's part of a the three-dimensional chess that is the Syrian battlefield, he said. Oh, yes. Three-dimensional chess reference. Yeah. So, yeah James three- Corbett. Yeah. Three-dimensional chess. When I hear three-dimensional chess, I think the James chess Corbett. Board. <laughs> um, the area I in, think is a big okay. new Brzezinski, but I mean, that's I, I, there, James Corbett is a big new. No, for three-dimensional chess, mm-hmm. that's that's James Corbett. The uh, the grand chessboard is it's a big new. Okay. Can you imagine growing up with the name Zbigniew? Zbigniew. <laughs> I think. I mean, do you think Zbigniew and James confer on these items? That no, I don't. You don't. No, it's possible. Let's. <laughs> In fact, I think James Corbett would destroy. Zbigniew Brzezinski in a game of chess. Do you really? Two or three dimensional. Two or three dimensional. <laughs> what about like a debate? That'd be good. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. But what about yes, what about kind of, Henry Kissinger? How how good of a debate would Henry Kissinger be? Like, the new world order. The, the demons are trying to talk at the same time. The opportunity here <laughs> of, uh, to use uh, this crisis. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, you ready for some non-PC uh, video? That's how you're going to preface this one? <laughs> it's called Feminist versus Savage. Okay. Women do earn less in America because they choose to. They would rather go to their daughter's piano recital than stay all night at work working on a, a, a you know proposal. What? So they end up earning less. They're less ambitious. And I think this is sort of God's way. This is nature's way of saying women should be at home with the kids. Are They're you, happier there. I, I hope that your viewers do not take you Sir, seriously. There's a great book because you should read. It's called Why Men Earn More. And it's all about women choosing to put family over work. And that's why they earn less. Having a choice does not mean that you're less ambitious. And your comments are absolutely deplorable. Sean, I would like less you... ambitious in the world. I would like you to adjust this. You're a father. You have a daughter. If you were a real feminist, you would support housewives and see them as the heroes. You and women who work, wasting their time. You said that women are less ambitious. Women are you less have ambitious. Said, you have also said... That women are better suited in the home. Yes, You've also said that, uh, let's see, that women are emotional 
and women shouldn't run for public office. All of these things that just I never said women shouldn't run for yes, public you office. Have. You've said if we're that talking before. about 50% of the population, generally out of this 250 million people or, or 150 million people, most women are happier at home. They are pretending that they like working and they're not making money because they don't stay all night at the office. They don't go the extra mile. Why they don't work all here? weekend. I'm You're making a mistake. Here? You would be much happier at home with a husband and children. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm literally oh, You just said you're single. Oh. You don't have a boyfriend. You're what? That's you're celibate? Yeah, look, you're miserable. You would be so much happier with oh. kids around you tonight. <laughs> Imagine coming home. Mommy's home. You're you're you, you know what, Gavin? You're, you're not funny. You're not what you, I'm not you do to not be funny. do anything. I'm trying to make you happy. You do not do anything for the better. Sean, this yes, isn't funny. Feminism has made this... women miserable. Women were much happier when there were when housewives were glorified. I, what, I uh, had a gotta... choice to be married and yeah, I chose not to. Right, I have a choice up. to have kids. You made a mistake. We'll give you the last word. Go ahead. I think that your guest here is doing a disservice to all of the viewers to and to do, doing a disservice to America by saying that women that I need to be married, that I would be happier would be at home. That you're what miserably married? Just because no, just ecstatic. having a I'm ring trying to on, share my joy. I, you should see my little. Not two everybody piece. has the same life, the life pattern as you. I okay, know, and not everybody wants to marry somebody in a, in a bootleg seersucker suit and go home to that. I don't want to go home to that. You don't have to go home to me. Go home to a hunk. <laughs> wow. When you can make John Hannity. Uh, laugh with the combination of nervousness and embarrassment. <laughs> that was the and the uh, YouTube description title was comedy gold, <laughs> which is just kind of funny because we, we use that reference. But that is true. So uh, why did you put this in the secret folder? Oh, I just thought it was funny. You just thought it was funny, and. Um, the uh, the it it is a common meme. I mean, Hillary's pushing it. Bernie's, we need an, an equal pay for equal work law. Yada yada yada. Um, it's an economic fallacy. First of all, that women earn less for the same uh, for the same work. Just like it's a fallacy that minorities earn less for the same work. Because if it were true. You could gain an economic advantage by hiring only women or hiring only minorities. Your company would be more profitable because you would have cheaper labor costs and they would be just as productive. So in reality, um, other than minimum wage, people end up getting paid exactly what they're worth in the long run. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, well, and in the what they're worth, not their value as a human being, which has nothing to do with how much money you make, in the economic sense. As far as the gender difference goes, men tend to be uh, more apt to negotiate their wage, or and women are tend to be a little less willing to do so. Which would explain if there is a a gender pay gap, which is explainable by other other factors. It's much smaller. That you you'll hear like twenty percent less. It's totally bogus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Didn't haven't they released studies that was like it was said it was like seven to thirteen percent. It's very. Uh, it's, even I think it's less than that. But if uh, it's for the same work. Uh, and then, then somebody go after, or maybe it was a no agenda show. They went after the, no, it wasn't. It was something else. Uh, some other outfit went after the, the white house and, oh, yeah. and brought up how and the, Hillary Clinton paying her yeah female staffers less. Yeah. Yes. Hillary Clinton played her female staffers on the, when she was secretary of state less than she paid the men. So, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> In, You're playing with fire with this with this clip, but yeah. it's, it's 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 definitely funny. So it is funny, and um, it reminds me of uh, G.K. Chesterton back in the day when um, this was a much more active debate. 
because there were many more women at home. And his argument was um, when when women work, they take the same, like, protecting the hearth intensity uh, from the home to the workplace. And that's bad both for the workplace and for the home. And he said the, the feminist movement... Um, has taken a, a debate that has been raging for thousands of years, whether men's roles or women's roles were more important, and admitted defeat. And said, oh, yes, men's roles are more important. We want yeah, those. That's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fire there, a lot of, a lot of fire behind that smoke. But the uh, – <laughs> and, of course, um, we've talked about this, I think, several times on the show, but – um the the reason for the feminist movement according yes. to the, the yes. <laughs> Rockefeller a la who was it what's his what was his name Peter the, Russo it was younger, yeah no uh, it was Russo but Aaron Russo Aaron Russo the documentary yeah. filmmaker who talked to a young Nick Rockefeller and said that the who said that the entire feminist movement was just a way to get more income tax to tax more of the population yeah. And and now you economically because it used to be um, it was expected okay man works woman stays at home raises the kids and guess what the jobs need to pay enough to be able to raise a family doing that and it, it used to be yeah. you didn't need a college degree to get a job that that paid well enough to for a single income family to be able to raise you know raise a bunch of kids. And now we've slipped all the way till uh, both both need to have a college degree and both need to work. have full time jobs. But and what's, then what's, ins- what's insane about that money. is you're in a worse position. Is because then you are in debt. Both of you are in debt. Right. I mean, it only. I mean, you're both in, in student loan debt when you start, and you can barely scrape by, and both are are working. Yeah, I mean the argument that we're the average person is better off now than, you know, 60 years ago. I don't think you can make that argument. No, but we all have iPhones. Come on, man. Despite all the government intervention to make a college so much more affordable. Thank you, government. Yay. And healthcare. Oh yeah. I love the government. <laughs> I always have my best interests at heart. So anyway, kind of rambling, but, the uh, some themes to come back to, but that that whole gender inequality thing. So then, how do you how do you enforce gender equality in pay? Uh, I don't know. How do you prove it's the same work? Have I been? Have or how I, do, do, you, how do re- you prove it's not the same work? Do you remember my military rant? Have you heard? My, <laughs> have you heard my military woman in the military rant? Uh. Go ahead, re- revisit it. We're revisiting old rants. We're revisiting old rants. We're just trying to see if we can make every female listener angry with us. Um, in the military, I don't think that women should be in some jobs. Period. Because they can't physically do some of them. And so there's no reason that they should be in a job. Because what it does is it makes other people have to cover for them. And the idea that... Like, we are the same when we are not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only breeds... Uh, it's, it's, it, it, isn't it like the old saying, like, the, the most unfair thing to do is to treat everyone the same? <laughs> because they're not. Because everyone is not the same. And so if we're all expected to do a certain amount of work, somebody is going to have to... to uh, to overcompensate T- for the t- other work. Time to read uh, Harrison Bergeron out there, people. Okay. That was that, <laughs> that short story you pointed to a couple yeah. months ago. But I, I was in the military. We had long working hours. What I did was physically intensive. It wasn't that uh, you know women couldn't do it because they weren't as strong, but it was uh, very, very long hours. Uh, I mean... A 12-hour day was a short day on the flight deck, launching you know F-18s and F-14s off the catapults, 
during the flight operations to go patrol the no-fly zone in Iraq and uh, off the coast of Afghanistan and North Korea and all this other crap. Um, but uh, the, the working hours, like I said, 12 hours was a short day. So the working hours a lot of times were 16 up to 18 hours. And what would end up happening inevitably is that around the 10-hour mark or so, the two females that were in the same work center I was in would claim that they couldn't do it anymore and they needed to go to bed, to their racks. And there really wasn't anything anybody could do or say about it, and that's just kind of how that went. Maybe that's (laughs) just two examples of people that just didn't do it or what but i just i don't and it's a distraction too like take let's take 4500 men put them on a boat in the middle of the ocean okay Mm -hmm. and then throw like i don't know let's say 500 girls in there that's gonna go right it's gonna go fine right yeah no big deal though the men aren't gonna touch land for like three months at a time we'll just throw 500 women out there see how that goes what do you think ends up happening hmm hmm so it becomes a, a huge distraction, too. So it's weird. When I joined, I thought, you know, yeah, women should be here. It's totally awesome. But after getting out, I thought, you know, that was actually not that awesome. So hey, the maybe, whole thing, maybe, maybe nobody should join. Should I know. Join. I know. Yeah. Come on. It's a, it's a, it, I think that every time I bring this rant up, you end it with maybe no one should join the military. So <laughs> we've come full circle. Yes. Got any more stories we need to cover here? No, I think we're, I think we're good. That's Okay, you don't want to even cover the Microsoft's. I'll put this on the cutting room floor. Microsoft's artificial <laughs> intelligent bot goes from benevolent to Nazi in less than a day. In less than a day, that's awesome. Uh, the E. coli infection linked to Chipotle. <laughs> How did that go? Well, that that's from the CDC, mm-hmm. and so they they do come out and say um, that the. Areas of infection weren't related to each other. Weird. Which which the CDC is not saying this was sabotage. However, um, you know what are what are the odds of these things happening right after each other in two totally separate parts of the country with no shared food sources? Yeah, no correlation. Yeah. All right. That's the CDC's official report, and of course they're not saying like you're saying that they're not saying hey they were obviously uh sabotage but they're saying this is what went down and 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 reading into that that's definitely weird mm-hmm. uh another day another leak oh what fun from lou rockwell well they, that's just saying we already tell you, that's panama okay that's panama we'll go ahead and put that on the show or cutting room floor and then what do we got here I want none of the above to be a choice on the ballots. <laughs> it's from Ron Paul. Did you hear Trump wants to put girl ladies in jail? I I think uh, we we managed to get through an episode without talking about election stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk about election stuff. No, no. You we we, play, should I play this? No. Okay. No. Ron Paul, I want I want the choice none of the above on the no. ballots. So that will go to the cutting room floor. We did not talk about election stuff. We accomplished. The impossible. Um, I won't talk about election stuff, even though I was just leading you into it. <laughs> Andrew Hoffman, words of wisdom for us today. Uh, don't underestimate the will of a two-year-old. <laughs> okay. Okay. When you, when you think, she won't pick this battle, it's not worth it. Why would she... Why would she go to war over this? How hard can it be to break her? <laughs> just just prepare yourself, my friends. Well, judging from the source of her life, not the godly one, but the human one, um, might have a high penchant for thinking on her own and... Uh, counter she she has anti-establishment she's anti-establishment she has the establishment defines disorder yeah she has establishment (laughs) defined disorder (laughs) unfortunately uh in this case i am the establishment yes i know (laughs) which is is truly it's is uh is hubris to to outsiders here no we were um separate story we're out for a walk on sunday uh 
out on the trail and she's just she just back there kind of traipsing along and she has to run and jump on every rock she sees and uh my wife and I both kind of say to each other man she she marches to the beat of her own drummer she's her own little mm-hmm. little person so that's the truth I wouldn't she's, doubt it she's a little she's a little eccentric yeah I'm yeah. the the parent of a Almost three-year-old eccentric. So. There you go. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's all cross our fingers. Hope that your name isn't released from the the Panama Papers. Let's, yeah, uh, and the the people that have, uh, you know, f- funneled the uh, the millions and millions of dollars in in hidden funds. Uh, I'll I'll do my best to keep it all hidden here. Yeah, there you go. And that's, I mean, that's that's why, you know, truth be told, that's why I still have my tie on. I was ready to do the <laughs> Skype interview with uh, the Guardian if they wanted to give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> reveal that, hey, you know, I knew Andrew, you know, he's 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 been a, he's been a good friend of mine. But, you know, I didn't know about his, <laughs> his real estate investments and his, his gold investments. And silence. Hide, yeah. Hiding all this money offshore. So it's, uh, I actually own Panama. Panama belongs to you. <laughs> you are. It's a secret. Someone's going to find out. Oh wait, this guy actually owns Panama. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Without any further ado, we will hopefully be back next week. Uh, any big games? Go, go, Trailblazers. Uh, I guess the yeah. March, March Madness is over. Go Blazers. Yeah, go Blazers. Uh... Baseball just happened. Yeah, um, baseball happened. So, but the the weather. Uh, if only Seattle could get a professional team. Yeah, I think we'd be we'd be all set. Held the Rangers to one hit on opening day and lost three to two. <laughs> the Mariners. Yeah, uh, they should just. Oh, Felix! Felix's should, career win total is going to end up like a hundred wins short of what it should be. But yeah, the. Uh, the Mariners should just change their name to LOL Mariners. <laughs> LOL <laughs> Mariners. Yeah. Well, the weather's getting nice, at least in this part of the country. So. Yeah, it's getting nice up here, too. Got time, out, to, time to get out for a hike. Time to get outside and yep. uh, enjoy it. It was 75 degrees throughout the, the week here, which is when it is 75 degrees and sunny, this is the happiest, most beautiful, oh, you, beautiful you think, place on Earth. Man, this is paradise this is straight paradise yeah. there's barely any bugs is is gorgeous yeah so i look forward to more of that and doing more episodes with you so um yeah without further ado we'll see you guys next week see you next week thanks for listening copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com to contact andrew and tim or to support revelations radio news please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast As a matter of long-standing policy, the United States does not support political transitions by non-constitutional means. <laughs> political transitions must be democratic, constitutional, peaceful, and legal. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The U.S. has a long-standing practice of not promoting... What did you say? How long-standing is that? I would... 